Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always great to have you in the studio. Hi there, Gina. Good to be back. All right. Grab your popcorn. You know who we have on the line? I'm ready. All right. John Mulderig, Assistant Director for Media Reviews for our content partner, Catholic News Service, and he's here to give us our summer movie recommendations. John, welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be with you. I'm glad you're here because I'm too lazy and too cheap to actually go to the film, so I count on you to do it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, I sometimes joke that I get paid to see them, so you don't have to. So. Yeah. Now, thank God is all I can say. Because literally, like the few times that I actually worked up the initiative to go to a film, I read your review first, and I'm like, eh, nah. He didn't like it, so I'm not doing it. (laughs) Saving his money. (laughs) Amen. Well, when you buy candy in the quantities I buy it, you know, I mean, that's a good thing. My movie adventures can be pricey. So, (laughs) and and I'm too, I'm too. Catholic to sneak in the M&Ms. That's my problem. I just can't do it. (laughs) Well, before we start, how has the movie business been changed by COVID? Where do you see it going? Well, um, this is probably the biggest crisis that uh, the industry has faced, at least since the 1920s, when there were a lot of scandals and um, they had to sort that out. Uh, This has really um, shaken the industry in many ways. Uh, obviously, the theaters closed. Um, production is problematic because of the pandemic. Um, so it has it has been like much um, m- many of the other elements of the economy. Uh, it has been on hold, and um, I'm not sure what, what we can say will be the long term impact. Uh, one thing I do think is clear is that uh, streaming is going to play an increasingly important role going forward. Um, obviously, that's been filling the gap um, during the pandemic. But I think going forward that um, releasing films uh, on a streaming platform as well as to theaters is probably something we're going to see much more frequently than we have in the past. John, I'd like to follow up on that. I mean, there are certain movies that really are fit for the big screen and a big room with a big sound system. So, you know, you think of your classic summer blockbuster or an action movie, the Marvel franchise, all those movies. Star Wars. Don't forget Star Wars. Right. I mean, those big epics, they really are fit for the big screen, whereas, you know, um, a documentary or just a, a well-done, nice story, maybe you call it an art house film, uh, works well for your living room. So uh, how have the studios kind of uh, adjusted to that? Have they pushed back production or are they saying, well, look, people have some pretty impressive TVs in their, of their own in their homes. Uh, what, what's the play with those big, uh, fil- big screen productions? Well, it's a two-edged sword, I think, because uh, they, they will want to continue with those types of movies. Uh, on the one hand, those involve a tremendous budget obviously. Mm. Um, on the other hand, the fact that they do uh, make for a better experience in the theaters may be a draw for people to say, you know, well, if this 
if this were an intimate adult drama about the problems of a marriage or something, I can watch that on my home screen. That's not a problem. Uh, to see the equivalent of an Avenger, uh, sorry, an Avengers movie um, right. is an entirely different thing at home. Uh, so they may want to um, keep that in the mix uh, on the gamble that their investment uh, will pay off in having people come to the theater. Um, I think the other uh, enduring part of uh, the actual in-theater experience will be comedies, uh, because it's a strange phenomenon, but it's real that comedies are funnier when you're with a group. Um, uh. And uh, so I think those will also be um, a draw at the actual theater. Um, but they're going to have to strike the right balance between content that draws you to the theater and the recognition that some people will take a long time to get comfortable going back to a theater. You know, that some people, it'll take years for them to feel comfortable going to a movie theater again. I have to say, I'm probably one of them. I've gotten quite comfortable on my couch with my dog looking at, you know, I'm a documentary person. But what are the genres that are hot out there? That, you know, it seems that they kind of cluster. You know, we go through seasons of adventure films, seasons of rom-coms. What's, what's hot right now? Or what do you see as trending as we move out, hopefully, of the pandemic? Well, uh, Hollywood's fallback is always an adaptation. Uh, and that tends these days to be um, from um, some kind of comic book material. Uh, so Black Widow is this week's big movie. Hmm. Um, and that's a Marvel Disney um, presentation. Um, we've got Snake Eyes, which is a G.I. Joe um, spinoff coming up. Uh, there's even an adaptation of the medieval poem Sir Gawain, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I will be uh, there for poem. that. I was a medieval <laughs> English major as an undergrad. I read that in translation, and I read it. I believe it's Middle English. Don't quote me on that because I'm going to embarrass myself. You're kidding me. They came out with that. Nice. Yes, it's coming up at the end of the month. The oh. Green Knight, it's called. I'll and, be there. Uh, so I guess... When you've ransacked old television shows and comic books, you come up with the medieval tales. <laughs> and they're going uh, back. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, um, a movie called uh, Jungle Cruise, which is the adaptation of a Disney ride, um, as was, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean sort of thing. Wait, um, they started with a ride? Other... A ride is now the basis for a film? Am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Yes, that was absolutely. The, the Johnny Depp franchise there, right? With uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my! I never Pirates knew the that. The thing was based on a yes. ride. <laughs> yes. I see. I really don't go to the theaters. I don't watch sports, and I don't go to the theaters. So these podcasts are hysterical because I show my ignorance and make everyone else feel better. But you I see, mean, truth is stranger than fiction. It is. My, I'm just trying to. Figure, what is the plot of a roller coaster? It seems pretty straightforward to me. How do you make a film out of a ride? But I guess that's a pondering for another day. I don't know. Well, that's the magic of Hollywood, I suppose. That's but right. um, by the way, in terms of uh, feeling comfortable at the theater, based on my recent experiences, um, if you really want to be alone, go to a movie theater. <laughs> uh, the last time I was there, there were about it was the first showing of a major film, uh, and there were about half a dozen other people in the theater. That's more. So there was no problem us. about social distancing. Choose your seat, right, right in the middle. It, Exactly. It's all up to you. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, with that said, John, you know, what are your 
picks for the summer, if not your picks, what are you expecting to really, you know, make a splash this summer at the theaters? So uh, the one that's coming up uh, in about a week uh, is Space Jam, A New Legacy. This is um, a follow-up 25 years later, basically, in the 1996 film, um, which combines uh, animation and live action. And so it was the original was Michael Jordan um, playing basketball with the Looney Tunes characters. Uh, now it's updated with LeBron James. So I haven't seen it. I have no idea whether it uh, will be a quality film or not. Uh, the original was very well received. Um, so we'll have to see if the delay has uh, lessened the quality or whether they've managed to hold up the standard. Uh, so that's the next big thing after Black Widow. Um, again, Snake Eyes and the Green Knight um, and Jungle Cruise, uh, those are all coming at the end of the month. And then um, another Batman spinoff, The Suicide Squad, um, is coming in early August. Uh, so those are the ones that um, I think will, uh, that Hollywood is gambling will have a big box office. Um, but we'll have to see whether people are ready for that or not. John, you just mentioned a few movies, and you probably could have mentioned about 10 more. This tie-in to comic books, I just find it fascinating. Uh, what do you think about that? Why is the culture tapping into this vein of pictorialized, serialized stories with heroes and such? What's up with that? Well, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think partly uh, the uh, freedom that... Um, either animation or, uh, you know, a graphic uh, genre gives you uh, to have, um, whether it's uh, science fiction fantasy or a superhero fantasy, that it takes you out of the realm of um, ordinary life. Um, I think that's part of the appeal. I think also that Hollywood also always uh, wants to rely on something that's been successful in another medium. Um, and so if they know that the comic book has been popular, then they can hope that the, um, that the adaptation will have um, financial success as well. Uh, you could go a little deeper and say maybe that in, the, in a society where religion is playing a less significant role, that uh, stories that... Um, set out values uh, and hold up heroes um, have an appeal for people uh, that they wouldn't necessarily have in a more religiously uh, oriented society uh, or a time and place where religion was playing a larger role, uh, which is, you know, for us as Catholics, that's an unfortunate phenomenon, but um, perhaps it's filling up a need. But having said that, a lot of the heroes in these films are, they're not comic book they're not two-dimensional, let's put it that way. They're often, they're complex. So maybe they're drawing in some of the conflicts of the culture as well into those heroic characters, maybe. Absolutely. And that may be also part of the appeal in that uh, they're not two-dimensional. They have their, uh, certainly Batman, for instance, has a dark um, background. Um, and that can help to set the moral compass what are the good aspects? What are the bad aspects? Um, what should the audience take away from this? Um, and so uh, that adds to the um, 
depth of the of the story um, and makes it that much more um, popular. John, do you think some of these films can actually, for any of our potential filmmakers out there, can they be forms of evangelization, even if they're not explicitly Catholic or religious in nature? It's difficult. Um, I think that in contemporary society, it's more a question of searching for values rather than corresponding to gospel values. So what Hollywood sees as positive uh, in terms of morality is not necessarily what we would see uh, as positive. It is There is a search for those positive and negative um, moral values, uh, but they aren't necessarily based on scripture or the or traditional Christian morality. Um, and so really that's, uh, uh, that would be a wonderful thing, but it would also mean I'd be out of a job because <laughs> my job is to try to bring uh, gospel values to bear on the values of a particular film. Um, and sometimes there's correspondence there, sometimes there's divergence, um, but it's usually a mix of the two. And that's why there's some sort of discernment that needs to take place before you go into a theater. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I would say from the marketing of a film, you can often determine um, sometimes that this is just not a movie that you want to see. Um, Also, that it's a movie that you don't want the kids to see. On the other hand, some things are, are... making their way into children's movies that have never been there before. Um, And so it it does pay for parents to be wary uh, going in, more so than perhaps in the past. Right. And that's uh, to me, that's the great value of having Catholic News Service movie reviews on a distribution uh, like CatholicPhilly.com, where people can be assured that they're going to get uh, a good analysis of a movie's content and also its context within the Christian message. So um, I think it's a great value that you're providing for readers, and uh, I thank you. Well, thanks. Um, we, we certainly try to be, be helpful in terms of providing guidance, um, both to parents and to adult Catholic viewers making decisions about uh, which films to see and which to avoid. Um, so if we're, if we're successful in that, then I feel we're, we're doing um, a good job. John, how do you yourself practice, I guess you would call it spiritual self-care? I know from reading about content moderators at platforms like Facebook, they're actually quite traumatized by what they see. You know, I'm sure you do some discernment as to which films you will actually review. But once you're in there and you're in the chair and maybe you encounter scenes or language that, you know, are not in accord, as you would say, with gospel values, how do you process that and kind of, you know, heal from whatever, you know, kind of impact that might have on you? Well, uh, to some degree, I have some choices that I make, but we're um, mandated to review all wide release films. Uh, So that's, um, to that degree, I I don't really have a choice about what I see, uh, what I review. Um, One blessing of this is uh, that I see so many films uh, that once the review is written, um, I'm on to the next, I'm thinking of the next one. Um, and so the impact for me is probably far less than it would be for someone who sees 
half a dozen films a year um, just because as soon as the review is finished, my focus shifts. Um, I, without wanting to uh, trivialize, uh, I know a lot of priests, I'm friends with a lot of priests, and they all talk about uh, the grace of forgetting what they hear in confession. Uh, and so um, if that is an inappropriate analogy, um, you know, if I have to sit through the latest Saw film, um, when I come out, I'm thinking about where am I going to, where am I going to go to dinner and, um, what am I going to put in the review? And once the review is written, it's on to some nicer experience. Hmm. Right. But I, I think people, you know, I think people who only see a few films a year could be much more deeply, um, affected. Um, and that's something to, um, be concerned about. Sure. And so that's why we have you. And we, as Matt said, are very grateful for what I see is really a ministry that you do. In addition to it being a career, it's really a ministry and one that's of great service, I know, to our readers. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, we're glad, too. I also want to commend you uh, in your office for a relatively new feature that you've been putting out is video game reviews. Um, So there's more to it than movies. Uh, I think it's such a burgeoning market of people playing games um, that we can give somewhat of a, a review of things that are quality or not so quality and favorable or not so much. So, um, you know, in addition to the streaming of movies and series um, in one's home, video games is, is a real uh, important part of that, too. Absolutely. Um, that and television have both taken, um, so we review television as well, um, with the absence of uh, the ability to go to a movie theater, uh, both those genres have taken on increased importance. Um, and I think uh, the video game reviews are particularly important because, uh, one, uh, it's an even more immersive uh, medium than movies because you're actually participating in the action. So rather than the hero shooting someone, you're deciding whether to shoot the person right. uh, or the character on screen, I mean. Um, also, whereas every parent has seen a movie, not every parent has played a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that may be, you know, um, an important source of guidance uh, for those parents um, who, who may not be familiar with the medium itself. No, that's great. No, thank you. And I'm glad you called that out, Matt, because that's an important point. And, and it's true. I mean, we're spending collectively hours with our consoles you know, and, and it does. As, as you said, John, it's truly an immersive experience. So for that, whether you are at your console, your gaming console, or sitting in the movie theater or on the couch streaming Netflix, we are grateful for your ministry. So, John, before we close out here, give us your recommendations for summer films. So a couple of uh, titles are out there that um, I think are, are quite nice. One is uh, Luca, which is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and that has that Pixar magic going for it. So uh, definitely a good choice. Um, maybe too scary for the... I love Pixar. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, maybe a little too scary for little kids, but uh, uh, pretty much for other people, it's it's a good choice. Uh, and then In the Heights is quite good. Um, maybe a little too long. And a friend was saying they don't necessarily wrap up. They they open up a lot of storylines, but they don't necessarily wrap up. They certainly um, tie the ribbon on the on the main story, but not on the subplot. But uh, with that said, um, 
it's um, it's an enjoyable, upbeat um, musical, obviously, um, and people might enjoy that as well. So those would be two uh, two good options. Certainly, one for the big screen with all the characters dancing and singing and such. Absolutely, a spectacle movie. Yes. You're all about that big screen, Matt. <laughs> it's a great experience. And as you say, John, it's communal, which is, a, you know, that's right. uh, outside of sports and church, or you know, <laughs> uh, that's a, it's a rare moment that you get a lot of people in one room and have their attention for two hours. <laughs> that's right. And my mark of a good film is that you forget you're watching a film. Uh, um, I think that's the real test of, of whether you've, whether you lose yourself in the movie is really, um, that's the mark of quality, I think. Absolutely. Well, John, the past year, can you point to a film where you've had that experience? You've kind of forgotten that uh, you're sitting in that theater, you were really in Working. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't come up with one at the moment. Um, the difficulty of the crisis being that uh, I've been streaming a lot of things on my computer, and it's much harder to forget that you're watching a movie when you're sitting at your computer uh, than in a theater. Um, but I would say in the past, uh, reaching back to a movie that I really loved, um, Of Gods and Men, the story of a group of monks in North Africa who are caught up in uh, the civil war in the nation of in uh, Algeria, I believe. Um, that's a movie where I was so wrapped up in what was going on that I did forget it. I did forget that I was watching a movie. Uh, that goes back a number of years, but um, that's always uh, a film that I particularly recommend because it's very hard to make a good religious film, and that's not only a good religious film, but a, an incredibly good film per se. Very good. Well, thank you for that recommendation. Popcorn in hand, on we go, right? Actually, for me, it's M&M's. It's actually M&M's for me. I'm more about the chocolate. I'm a popcorn fan. Really? Yeah. yeah. How about you, John? What's your favorite movie treat? Um, I like popcorn. Uh, and actually, as long as you don't take butter, it's pretty healthy. Um, right. And, and yeah. I've discovered it's quite filling because sometimes um, if I have to catch a movie that ends at 9 o'clock and I haven't had dinner, uh, it's a good holdover for me. <laughs> so. That'll do. John, that's terrible. You're going to bed with popcorn for dinner? Oh, no. You have to have M&M's. <laughs> you need some vitamin C, chocolate. <laughs> John Mulderig, Assistant Director for Media Reviews for our content partner, Catholic News Service. Thank you so much for spending time with us today at CatholicPhilly.com. Keep watching, keep writing, and we hope to hear from you soon. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.